0: Welcome to Veja, please. A hateful voyage through the Delta Quadrant. My name is Joseph. I'm Peter. Well, Peter, I uh, i had quite a week because uh, I really felt my age.
1: And it wasn't because I tried to, like, do squats at the gym or, or something like that. Last time I felt my age was when I foolishly tried to do Let's Dance 2 on xbox connect and i fucked my back up to the beastie boys song to the point where i will go nowhere near a connect ever again
0: (laughs) Uh, i learned this lesson via twitter and that it is not for me (laughs) uh you know we we uh we have our podcast here we've we've seen slow steady growth it's been really encouraging or people listening and that sort of thing fun for us and for our listeners and you know i'm businessman at heart uh it's where i got a lot of my education and i want to market our product so to speak even if that product is just hot takes on a 23 year old television show and twitter's a big universe of socially engaged
1: potential listeners so you wandered beyond the walled garden of our facebook group
0: yes yes i've had this twitter profile for some time but i've i've only recently tried to like engage with it in a meaningful way and boy, oh boy, <laughs> I was unprepared for what the Twitter fan on, or the Star Trek fan on Twitter was like. I just, uh, I can't do it, man. You hanging up the Twitter spurs? The generational divide is real, or something. I don't know. It's just, uh... Give me some highlights. The The thread that broke me was, <laughs> was uh, somebody talking about ableism in Star Trek, and how it's bad that Jordy wanted to be able to see it. I'm just like, I can't. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <It's>, uh, delete. <laughs> just Delete. Uh, no good can come of this. But you know, I, I try to to not. I come in with a very yes attitude when it comes to these sort of things. I don't try to be negative. So I'm just like, nah. Well, you tried, right? I did. Like, I will rather go to Reddit, you know, where people do just neck beardy. I know that language. Mm. You know, I could deal with that. I just, there's vistas of the mind that I cannot unlock.
1: Well, Joe, as you tried your best, uh, season three, episode 15, Coda, where the Voyager writing team tried their best. Okay.
0: I have something that I need to get off my chest about this episode. All right. Spoiler alert. All of the spoilers. Here it is. All right. Here it is. I am an absolute fucking sucker for the spiritualist episode, right? Like we've established that from the fucking beginning, back yeah. when we were on Space Spider Island, and I'm there defending that episode to the death, and you're like, it's garbage. But I'm like, but if you like put it over here on a pedestal and sh- shove some perfume on it, it doesn't smell like
1: garbage. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. No, yeah. Joe, it's fucking garbage, and I just wouldn't pay attention to you, right? Yeah, everybody, Oliver, you, all of our- <laughs> Go you ahead. like the crappy episodes. I-, I-, I get it. You like the shitty ones. So it's-,
0: it's okay. I, I I I'm this is you know like the idea of an episode where janeway goes through like near-death experiences and stuff you'd think that would be like the sort of thing that i would be all for but i swear to fucking jesus peter i swear to god i this episode is like my fucking personal unsolved mysteries like it's the x-files the truth is out there because i cannot understand the pants shitting fuckery that had to go on that they actually wrote this produced this watched this and are like yeah that's fine yeah, that's fine. Let's go ahead and just put that up there. Let's put that up there for our UPN audiences to watch. This is totally acceptable. I was absolutely fucking baffled by the insane incompetence of the structure of this episode. I I was struck dumb. I was absolutely just just mystified. This is truly this. This is my personal 9-11, Peter. There's conspiracies. I'm going to unlock the fucking memory alpha page. That was no help. It's because they've they've erased the truth. They've erased the truth, Peter. They don't want you to know. And I'm going to fucking find it.
1: So much like Deanna Troy, I'm using my empathy skills and context clues to venture and say that you did not like this episode.
0: No. No, I didn't. Thank you, Counselor.
1: What did you think? I liked it. Oh,
0: fuck off! <laughs> Are I you liked, serious?
1: I liked maybe 75% of this episode.
0: Go to hell! Go to hell, you... you! I hate you! I hate you so much! Why? See, what is Joe, wrong with you? It,
1: it. You need to understand at the core that ableism... <laughs>
0: So, God, I'm flashbacks. Yeah, Jesus.
1: I don't know. Let's get into it. Let's, let's talk this thing out, man. Let's see. Let's see where we're coming from here. The, before we get into this, I think it's
0: important to set the tone that the writing team didn't have an actual fucking coherent idea for this episode. That's the only information that you can really find out about it is that there was like a dozen ideas they had that wound up as this show. And Jesus Christ did it show. And so as we describe this, if the episode sounds like it is confused about itself, that is because it was. You know? So if you haven't seen this one in a while and you're like, wait a second, that doesn't make any sense. Why did that happen?
1: I think to put it in context, um, the Rick and Morty intergalactic TV episodes. Yeah. Yes, that's that's kind of what you're getting here. You've got <laughs> a lot of different stories, and it almost feels like there is a cable network out there that has five different channels that all show Voyager at the same time, but they're different episodes, and you're just kind of flipping between them.
0: Yes, that's why i I've You did you seriously like this, or you just troll me?
1: I need a, I need to. I need an answer. Okay, to this. so before we get into the 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 play by play on this one. You're coming at this episode from your stupid I love spirituality and Star Trek <laughs> position, right? Yes. Where It's very accurate. Yes, you got me. I watched this episode from a space madness the horrors of deep space torturing Starfleet stance. And I think you were looking for a deeper meaning to the episode where I just saw two people getting jerked around and starting to go crazy. So this episode starts off with uh, Janeway and she's rolling down the hall and you got Neelix there and Neelix is like, Oh my God, last night was so great. We'll later come to find out that there was a uh, talent show, which, you know, is the kind of stuff that happens on a starship stuck out in the middle of nowhere when they are frequently blowing up their holodecks or that the holodecks have recently tried to, literally murder people which right is what happened on what was that last episode professor and marianne <laughs> <laughs> you know we didn't talk about in the last episode but that was totally holodeck catfishing that's why that's what we should have called that episode
0: i agree with you like that was a a real miss on our part like it was pretty funny two days after we got done recording it and we're like reflecting on it and talking about the the title we're gonna put on it suddenly it occurs to peter how do wait a second that whole entire episode is about cat shadow How the fuck did we miss that i'm like I just, listen with with time comes the the brain rot all right it's not just the vidians oh yeah it's 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 happening it's happening to us on real
1: time peter we're just not on our but you go from like super hot in the holodeck uh you know sailboat lady to lizard woman with a literal beard <laughs> but anywho yes. uh last week you had hula girls trying to strangle people to death. And yes. I can understand why the crew might be a little gun shy about getting back in the danger room, AKA the holodeck. And as a result, we've got Neelix thrown a, a competition and everybody seemed to have a great time, but everybody unsurprisingly hated Two Box Vulcan poacher reading. So there is a conspiracy on the next one to tie him up on the bridge so he cannot torture the crew again.
0: He should have just done this awesome Vulcan lullaby singing that he did in that episode when he was Charles in charge that, you know, nobody nobody even listened to our podcast about. <laughs> that Seriously is... it's our lowest rated one. <laughs> like and not cause our episode was bad, but because I don't think anyone cared enough about that episode to even hear us talk about it.
1: There are these gaps because we look at, you know, the the metrics for our results and there are some episodes that just score really high. And I think, well, maybe it's because we had a really cheeky, fun title. Maybe it's because people knew that that's the Trans Warp episode and they wanted to see it. And there's some of them that just nobody gives a fuck. And I don't know if they just get lost in the Internet somehow or people are like, I hated that episode. I don't want anything close or we picked a dud name or what. But that Charles in Charge episode, what's it called? Uh, A Tubak in Charge is what we call it. Responsibility or something. I don't know.
0: Whatever. Tuvok and kids. Space Amish one.
1: Yes. Anyways, so speaking of shuttlecraft accidents, which is was the result of that one, she wraps up her conversation with Neelix, scoots off to the shuttle bay where her and Chicote get in a type 6 shuttlecraft and they fly off on some unnamed mission for some non-disclosed reason and I'm just struck like, what the fuck is going on in this ship? This is My second biggest complaint about this episode specifically is what is going on that you've got the captain and the executive officer in arguably the oldest piece of technology on the ship, right? Like type six shuttlecraft, those got introduced maybe around season three or maybe season four of next gen. So why are you putting the two most important people on your ship on the worst shuttlecraft in your arsenal?
0: Yeah, like, you don't have any science officers that can go instead of Janeway. Like, come on now. Where's Ensign Wildman? She should be... Like, I can can understand sending Chakotay, but both of them never make sense. It goes against
1: Starfleet regulations, blah, blah, blah. But we gotta make the plot happen. So they just fucking do it. They send them out. Janeway's all laid up in her seat. She's shooting the shit with Chakotay. You start getting some weird, like, overly friendly vibes between the two. Like she's literally has her feet up on the console, just laid back, shooting the shit with Chakotay. Uh and this is in the wake of Lame House and the Prairie, where I don't know, what's our assumption supposed to be at this point? Are they are they having a uh an adult relationship behind closed doors? You know, this is a ongoing sort of
0: I don't know what you call it, internal debate. debate amongst a lot of Trek fans of what might have been intended at this point versus what they ultimately decided happened much later on when they directly address it. I mean, last episode, these two are on a date on the holodeck. Remember? Yeah. Like uh, they went to the Luau together. Like they're giving off flirty vibes at a minimum to each other.
1: At a bare minimum. And I get like, you're the captain and there've been very specific episodes before where she says, you know, I have, I cannot afford to be friends with the crew. I have to always be on my game and I have to present professionalism and all the other stuff. I get that Chakotay and Tuvok are maybe the two people she can confide in and and let her hair down. But this really seems like it's going beyond that. Well, this is for Chakotay, like the Chakotay gives off the
0: I want to bang you vibes far more than I think Janeway necessarily reciprocates. She's generally a little casual. And that could certainly be interpreted as flirty. But I think the more overt vibes come from
1: Chakotay towards Janeway. And that's been the
0: case ever since Lame House on the Prairie.
1: Sure. But I'm going to ask you, I mean, at, at this point, what do you think is going on? What, how are you choosing to look at this in your head?
0: In my head, they banged while on the planet. So they got that. That happened. Uh, they haven't necessarily officially picked it up on the ship, but this is why they're just kind of comfortable with each other at this point. That they were on that planet together for months. And those vibes were laid down.
1: I think I'm going to choose to say that ultimately they did not. Maybe they both wanted to at a certain point, but Janeway kept things professional. But still in the wake of that, there is a very strong familiarity between them in that. uh, While there's nothing sexual, there is a, a very strong emotional bond and that is why we're, we're seeing uh, such a relaxed wave. But it all can't be, you know, fun and games on the little Type 6 shuttlecraft for too long. Eventually, they come across this planet, which, again, they don't even bother telling you, like, why are the two most important people who should never be in the same place at the same time off the bridge, out here, alone, out of calm range of the ship?
0: Yeah, just, like, doing some random survey or whatever. They... They get in some kind of what they read is an electrical storm, they crash. Janeway is is non-responsive. Uh Chicote pulls out all the stops with like uh and CPR to reviver and barely works. You know, she's got an awful head wound, but she's like woozy. They're trying to figure out what happened, so they're getting like the DN signatures which freaks them out because they thought they were beyond Vidian
1: space. Freaked me out too, because all the notes I'd read on memory alpha very clearly indicated that we were not going to be seeing any more Vidians. Maybe that's part of why I liked this episode a little bit more than you did was I was so happy that we might actually get some quality interaction with. And and I'm going to tell you, man, as time has gone on and, you know, switching over to star Trek discovery, like discovery season two is really starting to retread some original series ground. And it's, it's, bringing this voyager complaint i have up like do your own thing make bold choices forge new stories be your own show um and and the further we move into voyager the more i resent the fact that we have left so many good delta quadrant um prop and set pieces behind us like the vidians like the the kazon uh seska etc etc but uh, before they even get into the cave, did they declare Janeway dead on the scene or was she just? that's see this is where the confusion comes into play.
0: So in this point, she just gets revived by Chakotay. That's when they figure out that the DMs are closing in on them, go to the cave. Because they think they're about to get got by the organ stealing space Nazis. Yeah. Get into the cave. Get confronted by them. For some reason, don't shoot them. So <laughs> instead, Chicote gets shot, and then Janeway gets to ex- Kate. Ball Gru gets to do something she gets to do a lot in this episode, which is die very shittily on camera. And strangled I out mean, at this junction, I believe. Yes, she gets strangled to death by this Vidian. She will have a number of other deaths that she will she will do. But I believe I have mentioned in the past that Kate Mulgrew cannot do pain acting like the remember twisted when she like had her like her like fucking arm warped by the bad CG.
1: Yeah,
0: the bad CG. And then she's like, and it's (laughs) the least convincing pain that we've ever seen.
1: So least convincing. Let's talk about that for a minute. I've got a big issue with these episodes like this is kind of a mystery twist episode, right? These the
0: mystery is the writing like it's an artificial mystery.
1: But, you know, there's there's something going on. The, The first big punch I think you're supposed to get is when the shuttle crashes and Chakotay's got her laid out behind the shuttle and she's having a brain swelling thing and she is supposed to die before he successfully resuscitates her. These Netflix little capsules, man, they completely like defang the episodes. I don't know what kind of emotional punch someone would have seen or received had they watched this in a vacuum, not knowing what's going on. But because you already know it's going to be a, a temporal loop situation. It, it, it completely kills that. And the visual of uh, Janeway laying dead on the floor the first time as is doing cpr <laughs> and think for a second like what if it was Riker doing cpr on picard like that what a different scene we would have been treated to
0: it's very true but you wait, know
1: chakotay took his opportunity to get his lips on, on the, all there, <laughs> let's be real did you find anything about this to be stark or shocking or i don't know anything about her death any of her deaths to really stick with you No, that's my point. Like,
0: she doesn't do death acting well. Kate Mulgrew. Mm -hmm. So her deaths are like, literally, she's like, I'm getting strangled. I'm getting strangled. dead.
1: Because I want to say, like, maybe it's the fact that we know that it's a, you know, there's going to be a groundhog effect in this uh, episode and that she will be dying potentially many times. That scenes will be looped and we're going to see a lot of the same thing. Or is it just like you're saying, like, she's not able to portray this sort of thing. I think the most visually striking on screen death that I can think of off the top of my head with Star Trek, uh, wasn't Tasha Yar getting zapped. It was in yesterday's enterprise when the Klingons are attacking, there's an explosion and Riker who had been running tactical, goes down and he's got that piece of like metal sticking out of his neck. And just something about that scene has always stuck with me. And you knew the whole episode was going to reset, right? There's no way in hell that 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 was going to be new continuity. And this was just an alternate timeline or whatever. But even though you knew Riker wasn't really dead, that was just such a a jarring scene. And I don't get that at all in any of the um, Captain Janeway deaths that we're going to be encountering.
0: You know that in the end, Janeway's going to be okay because she's the main character of the fucking show. So anytime you you start to imperil her, it automatically is downgraded. And then none of the actual death shots you get through this is particularly well acted. It's just hard to do. I'm not saying it isn't, especially like on a TV show, you still want to have to be a quote unquote family television show. So there's only so much you can do. Uh, But whatever. She gets choked to death by the vidians, and she finds herself back on the shuttle. Talking about the same thing you're talking about before.
1: This is where I start liking the episode. And this is something we've talked on before that Voyager really lives in the environment that Star Trek has created for itself. A lot of times in next gen, they would encounter goofy shit and it would take the majority of the episode for people to kind of wise up to what's going on and convince the rest of the crew that that was the case. And they start working from it in this one. Chakotay starts talking about the because um, you know, it's a smash cut right back into the shuttle and her talking about the talent show. And immediately her and Chakotay are like, we've had this conversation before. Uh, we might be in a temporal causality loop. Boom. Let's start doing science to figure this thing out. And this is what I really like that we keep seeing in Voyagers. They encounter situations that we as the viewers have already been trained on. And they just cut out all that middle part and say, let's start start fleeting this thing out.
0: I get what you're saying, and I had a similar thought, but to me, any credit I could give this episode in that regard is immediately taken away because of one core conceit, and that is everything that happens in the first two acts of this episode ultimately does not matter to the third act. It's very clear that this episode got reshot into fucking oblivion because... Everything that's about to happen to Janeway, she, like, remembers that she's in this loop, right? And so for this first act and into the second act, when she we have these repeated experiences of her dying in different ways and then winding up back on the shuttle, dying in different ways, winding back on the shuttle, She we get, get to act three where she starts to have her quote-unquote out-of-body experience because she's a quote-unquote ghost. Fucking spoiler alert, I know, guys, sorry. And none of the things that we are about to discuss get mentioned again.
1: Yeah. So it's two it's, movies. It's, it's
0: yeah. It's, it's, it's that like Janeway suddenly forgot that she was stuck in these loops and she should immediately have known, Oh, this is a fucking alien who's fucking with me. I'm not actually dead. Cause I've died five fucking times okay. already. And suddenly like she just got a case of the, uh, of the stupids and just forgot that. Is that what we're supposed to think? Like, no, that what, is what so we call poorly the, constructed. Dipsy... What's, what's the, the proper... dipsy... The, the 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 space yips. Space. She got the space yips. Like no. It's that this episode is so poorly constructed that when they reshot it, they forgot to make the it coherent. And that is so completely unforgivable to me that I, I can't understand why when they pieced this fucking Frankenstein nonsense together, they didn't see that obvious plot hole and are like, oh whoops, we better fix that.
1: Yeah, I guess you're right. Like they start off filming uh, Edge of Tomorrow slash Groundhog Day and by the end of it, we're on It's a Wonderful...
0: Tapestry! Life. Like, they, they started with Edge of Tomorrow, and then they tried to do Tapestry at the end, that and they never married life. the two together, effectively.
1: But while we're in this Groundhog Day, yeah, she starts going through temporal loop part of the episode, where her and Chakotay are experiencing the same thing and they start kind of, like, metagaming. Like, they they know the script and they start trying to cheat. Like, they know that there are Vidians on the ground, that they were not, you know, hit by lightning, that they were attacked by a ship. Let's try this different. All right. And each time it has, they kind of grow the environment around them, but it's not, the environment isn't sticking to the same script that they knew from the previous encounter. Uh, Which is a neat idea like that this you can see the
0: little ideas that the writers had that they couldn't turn into a real episode. And I'll just got dumped into this mm-hmm. and it farted into what this ended up being.
1: And that's what I really like, dig about this is it's yeah, there's some sort of like temporal repeating thing, but stuff's changing. Are they going crazy? Is it an alien? Influencer? Right. But they don't
0: stick with it. That's why it fucking sucks. I like, know,
1: but I'm trying they to do this for I'm five minutes. Then they give up. I'm trying to hang on to the good parts for as long as we can before we nope, let it go, Peter. Let, yeah. It's okay to hate some of these episodes. So eventually through some of these deaths, you know, sometimes they got to jettison the warp core off the shuttle, which I didn't know that shuttlecraft had warp core. That was a cool Starfleet science thing to learn there. Um, but during one of these, these loops, they end up making their way back to Voyager. Uh, they escape the, um, the Vidians with a tachyon pulse. So that's some some tried and true Starfleet signs to deal with temporal situations. They get on the bridge. Everybody's like, hey, glad to have you back. She's like, yeah, I know that temporal loop thing really sucked. And Chicote's is like, wait, what are you talking about? And it's a good... Needle getting scratched off the record moment where we really start pushing Janeway into space madness. Like, why is she? If there's loops, he doesn't. Is she out of phase with reality? Um, we go in this timeline a little deeper, and we get some real bad news that while the uh, Vidians had strangled her out, that she had been infected with the phage and that she is now hosed. And this isn't just the normal phage, this is like super aggressive, now I eat humans' faces phage. The doctor vows that he is going to not turn himself off until he has a cure. Um, But 40 hours later, she wakes up from a nap, her face is all starting to rot, and we get some of the most exciting EMH dialogue lines I think I've seen in the show so far. And we've talked a few times about you know, he might look like a human. He might act like a human. But at the end of the day, you're dealing with AI and right. he's gotten like he's gotten real touchy before, like uh, back with Neelix's morning talk show thing when he was promised space and Neelix kept denying him and he started getting real.
0: People have an obsessive machine about it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And we also talked about uh, Macrism. You know, he wanted to bring the samples back up on the ship or he wanted to bring one of the miners and they are like, no. And you start getting that like aliens. Um, synthetic human might be the bad guy vibe, right? And they go full bore on it here. He goes to Janeway like, look, I can't heal you. And you got maybe another 13 hours until this thing eats your face off. And it's going to be real painful. There's nothing I can do. Um, it's going to be real disheartening for the crew. So I think at this point, the best course of action is if I just euthanize you. <laughs>
0: like no discussion I just hey, uh, I've I've put a poison gas in your force field.
1: (laughs) Take deep breaths. You know where uh, she's at. You know where she's at. She is in the the... Tuvok real talk slash Tuvix gas chamber. Literally. (laughs) Literally. Yep. Literally. And yeah, he gasses her, man. And I would say that this is a pretty good scene. Um, I don't know if she sells the pain well because it's it's a painless death, but there is a good panic in her eyes as. This AI goes full rogue and just gasses her. And she tries to delete them, finds out the codes have been locked out. I really like she's like, delete the EMH. And then the computer is like, uh, I need the password. And she's like gasping for breath. And I uh, can't really get the the long rambly password off. And EMH is just back in the cut, chilling out. I knew I should have made a teddy bear instead of stillskin <laughs> And I, I really like the scene. And again, this is, this, this is a whole what if part of like Twilight Zone portion of this episode. Uh, and we watch Janeway crumple up and die as the uncaring eye of the holographic doctor watches. And then boom, we get kicked what back. a great
0: idea that they just don't do anything with. This is the second good episode idea they've had in this episode that they just are like, and we're done. <laughs> like what? So they, they rotate back out. There's another, they're on the shuttle. Chicote sees this giant bright light and says, why don't we just fly into it? Janeway says, fuck No, And then suddenly they're back at the crash site and now she's having a flat out out of body experience while Chakotay does the CPR and like jams are full of uh, drugs and is trying to revive her and is getting really emotional that he's failing this time.
1: Good acting on Uh, the bell train, I
0: thought. Decent. And I think the only thing about this episode I truly appreciated was the callback to the doctors and necromancer that she is dead. But Chakotay says, hold on. We're gonna get you back to the ship so the doctor can hit that raised ed cooldown and pick you back up. Don't worry, Kathy, we got you.
1: I also so, like the callback specifically on the phage and the Videans that Torres is carrying the cure to it, and it's a good kind of reflection. Like they are very cognizant that this miserable virus, which has ravaged not only the Videans, but all the people the Videans have victimized as a as a reaction to the phage, like that they just totally pieced out and they could have really, <laughs> they could have done some we real just, good. Uh,
0: we stopped caring. You know, we we got out of their space. We're like, well, fuck them.
1: <laughs> 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 but no, that's a, that's a good point. I mean, they do flat out call out that the doctor is a necromancer, which fits with, you know, the evil behavior we had just seen <laughs> earlier out of his ass. But yeah, they, they're, they're playing fast and hard with the jump to conclusion, Matt, I thought it was very appropriate that, again, she keeps trying to modulate what she is doing based on the previous reactions. At this point in the episode, my beef is all that cool shit we
0: just saw, all of those ideas we just witnessed, anything that they could have done to tie it all together effectively, they just don't do. And from this point forward, Janeway literally acts like none of it happened, even though she's supposed to be aware that it did happen. Yeah. And it's just so fucking weird. And such an obviously large pothole that they spent the first 20 minutes of the episode setting all this shit up and then just 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 like a fart in the wind. Just watch it just fade away into nothingness is absolutely mind bogglingly stupid.
1: Yeah. What ushers in the it's a wonderful life portion of the episode and we're going to call this the bad half. Is her dad, Admiral Janeway, who comes walking out of the shadows, uh, much to her surprise. And let's like any Starfleet admiral, he's got two things going for him. One, we'll find out ultimately he's crazy. And two, he has the worst fucking uniform that they could have come up with at that moment for an admiral. Paramount, CBS, who, whoever, the complete, it's like the Achilles heel of of Star Trek is they cannot come up with a decent admiral uniform. Every admiral's got a different uniform. Every uniform's worse than the last one. He's got this weird kind of like a dress uniform thing without a collar. It's got this ugly ass belt with no buckle. He died thirty years ago or twenty years ago. Yet he's got you know this dated uniform, but he's got the new com badge. Every time they pick a uniform or a, an admiral or someone's dad, they always pick like an old overweight guy who is going to yeah. look terrible or whatever uniform they put him in. It's like, it's to, like, I felt like that's
0: what they could strap this guy into. Cause he was so
1: big. Like, it's like a moo. Like yeah. just pick a thin dude. You can have a dad who is like, you know, target weight or, or lighter.
0: It's, it's worth pointing out that th- this guy shows up because Janeway like passes through Kess as a ghost and Kess like feels her presence, tells the crew like, yo, I felt the captain's presence. And uh again, to your point, everyone's like, this is a legitimate thing, we must investigate it. And yeah. they're just like, Wacky space shit happens, this is not impossible, let's do it. Uh now, of course, all of that would be great if it connected to the first time that happened because this was actually a real thing that's happening, blah 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 blah, whatever. That's not actually what happens. They 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 start to go through this episode like it's Tapestry from TNG, right? Like, like this is some uh, Catherine Janeway. This is this was your life moment.
1: She watches her own funeral. Tapestry is, of course, when Picard gets uh, his uh, robot heart blows up in him and Q kind of steps forwards like he's God and then makes Picard look at his own life, gives him a chance to change some things. And it's yeah, it's 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 the angel of death leading the Starfleet officer to the afterlife and them fighting it.
0: And, uh, again, this by itself is not a terrible idea, uh, considering they already did it once hyper-effectively. They know that. But instead of making it its own episode, they've, like, tacked it on, weirdly, to this other part of this episode. Now, to cut to the chase, the most baffling and insane part of this episode is still to come. The The part that just sent me over the moon and took this from merely bad writing to batshit fucking loco okay is that janeway continues to go through this process with her quote-unquote ghost dad that she's dead and she needs to move on to this afterlife with him and she needs to choose to go and all this stuff and uh, of course we start to figure out and she starts to figure out that it's not true even though she should already know that it's not true but now in this version of the episode in this 20 minutes the reason she starts to find out it's not true is that she's like getting partially revived by the doctor on the surface of the planet that they were on. And so she's starting to have like these, these lingering moments of consciousness that allows her to know that she's being lied to by ghost dad. Right. Yeah. So here's where the, it all goes from, from good to great, right? Like this is where it all takes off is that, Ghost dad reveals himself to be an alien life form that comes to life forms when they are near death and tries to convince them to come into the white light because that's his prison where he feeds on their souls for his own energy. This is a thing they do like that. This is this, all of the near death experiences that anyone has ever experienced is actually a demon-like alien that invades your brain and talks you into coming into his space hell that's what they fucking do and you can tell the writers knew that was too fucking much because they decide at the last second the last scene like "Oh, we should roll this back we should maybe maybe we should just have the captain say maybe it was just the delta quadrant thing and only people in this part of the galaxy is is, is consigned to nothing but a slow death and a space jail with their very essences drained from them until they obliviate. Maybe we should just reel that in a little bit. I I just, I, 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 my, my brain exploded. I saw fucking space and time in ways I never thought possible to see that. How, what, you liked this episode. I can't, what is wrong with you?
1: What is wrong with you? Again, I, I liked the... The space madness beginning. Once they moved into, I'm feeling the space life.
0: madness right now. Hearing you, Peter, tell me that you liked the shitty spiritualist episode. What the fuck is wrong with this? Am I in a parallel universe? Have I fallen eh, into the mirror universe? It wasn't universe?
1: really a spiritualist episode, though. I mean, this was a this was a hard science space hell episode. So here's where I start having a lot of issues with the episode is. I see the flailing you're talking about in the writer's room. And I think that they punch a lot of, you know, in case of emergency break glass boxes that they had in there. And as they wildly flail around the room, touching all of these different concepts, it's like, they're just rubbing shit on what should have been a good episode. Like, you know, individual episodes otherwise and close doors on it. Like, Janeway having this tragic past where her dad, as she was a young girl, somehow drowns to death under a polar ice cap. Like, how the fuck does that even happen in Starfleet?
0: (laughs) Yeah. How the fuck does that happen?
1: Seems pretty traumatic, right? And she has a lot of baggage with it, which we later find out she battles some pretty intense depression. But like right off the jump, her dad comes out and she's like, daddy. And then they cut to commercial and they come back and she's like, all of a sudden the stone robot, like, Show us emotion on Janeway as she is reunited with her father. Show me what that relationship used to be like. Give her this moment of weakness where she wants to believe, where she's able to see joy. You know, she's been out in deep space for three years now, away from all of her family. Give give me that false hope that she's been reunited at some point. She doesn't explore any of this. She is instantly critical right off the bat. And I think the guy they got playing her dad is like stiff as a board and there's nothing likable about this guy at all. So squandered potential there. I did like that. They, you know, during her otherwise terrible funeral, Belana gets a chance to go up and talk and kind of recap her relationship with Janeway going back and touching on season one early stuff when she gets picked over Carrie for head engineer. I like her saying how she super resented Janeway and believed that, you know, that she hated her for trapping her in the Delta Quadrant and all like that mutinous um, Maquis uh, mindset that we had talked about before. It was nice seeing her actually say that, giving you some closure on how she moved through it. But a problem with a lot of this is ultimately none of it matters. It's all a hallucination. So, you know, throw it all in the trash. It doesn't get to really carry forward into the rest of the series.
0: Um, I mean, you are, of course more soberly dissecting the issues here that nothing, none of the individual ideas they have for this episode are bad is the incompetent combination of them. That is a disservice to all of them. So I'm gauging in some hyperbole just because I, I, I do hate this episode. Like this is to me the worst one I've seen. Like, this is worse than elogim. This is mm. this is worse than twisted. Uh this is worse than tattoo. No uh, way. Yes. You know, those episodes, most of the time, maybe not as like Elojim is the only one who's close, because Ellogum was miserable to watch. So incompetent in its construction that it took away like all these, like the idea that none of the episodes that could have come from these ideas got made is incredibly offensive to me.
1: And instead, this
0: is what we got.
1: It wasn't a boring episode to watch. And I mean, you, you pull out uh, the, the I was, I was
0: enraptured by what I was watching, but
1: for all of the wrong reasons, I was, I I can't say this is the worst. Like, yeah. I mean, you've won me over. It's a bad episode. And again, I stick by the fact, yes, when it, we got there, team. When it's space madness, we don't know what's going on. We're going to throw a bunch of stuff and just kind of confuse you. Like the buildup was good, but the the revelation of what the truth was and in the process, discarding all the cool parts um, was bad. And I do really like the the psycho murderous A.I. E.M.H. But yeah, I mean, it, it was I was I bad I've... episode by the end. I know can said can't I hated this you worse than tattoo. I know I said I hated
0: you and I'm sorry. That was hurtful i felt the hurt that you felt when i said it and am just reaching out to you take You've your twitter feelings yourself.
1: your newfound twitter feelings <laughs> blow them out your ass you redeemed yourself peter give me uh, the hateful joe i don't need this
0: apologetic shit <laughs> so i i get that you want to like it because of the things in it that you like because i get like that too i really do like i'm a big star trek as big a star trek fan as you are and And when ideas like those ideas get put out there, you're like, oh, that's really cool. Uh, I have that reaction as well. And that's because that's made me an apologist for some things that are probably objectively not good. But like I liked the idea behind
1: it so much. I'm like, I really want to say this is good. But i want to jump back to what this thing ultimately was. And you touched on it, too. Like this space demon, for lack of of better things. Yes. And this is is the second brain parasite that we've encountered now, because the first one was like the false memory Sulu LARP one, right? Yeah. But, like, let that stew for a minute. Like, what a miserable revelation. Is this something that all people get affected by? What the fuck is this? Like, what a terrible thing. What, what a report to get back to Starfield. Like, do not go into the light by any means. <laughs> yeah, also, when by you the way, die
0: like, and you are confronted with the light, don't go in or your soul will be essentially absorbed and eventually obliterated by uh demonic space beings that are just feeding on your essence. Like
1: Do you think oh that dude's like Do you think that dude's like after he runs away from her and like spares her life, he's sitting there in whatever little den he has, like scratching it's just like, man, I should not have shown her behind the curtain because she is going to tell people and it is going to be hard to get a food from here out. Like that was not the best move revealing my maleficent hand. Hmm. But it's a great uh, it's a great tick for the space Cthulhu horror show that should be most of these Star Treks. Um, but yeah, squandered, squandered potential. They don't explore it any further than like, oh, oh I hope we never encounter that thing again. Like, let's man. go
0: on another date. That's that's how it ends. <laughs> let's Chakotay and Janeway go on another date.
1: Yeah, but let's both leave the bridge again. What What's the worst that could happen?
0: Whatever. I was that this was a giant pile of shit. And yeah. Uh, It it felt good to uh, after a string of competence on the part of Voyager to be reminded of how bad it could be. And this has Jerry Taylor's fucking DNA all over. She's the solo credited writer on it. And like I said, the only bit of real background information is that this was the first time this director did a show that showed and that Jerry Taylor said, yeah, we had a bunch of ideas. We didn't know how to use them and then we just kind of struggled together for this episode like oh no fucking kidding (laughs) like no no shit that's what she did
1: yeah and like normally memory alpha entries for voyager shows are like you got i don't know 10 or 12 solid pages of scrolling down once you start hitting like background information production notes continuity that other stuff and it is a page and a half and i think that really does tell you a lot like were people afraid to talk and like poo poo this thing and let the dirt out because Jerry Taylor, who is sitting in, 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 the high chair on this, uh, nobody wanted to cross her. Cause like you said, people start making decisions to protect careers, not give Star Trek fans, you know, a realistic representation of what's going on or, or what, but to see that little amount of note on a show is really, uh, really stands out.
0: What do we got next?
1: Next is going to be season three, episode 16. Blood fever. We see uh, the doctor and he's leaning over the shoulder of a very lovely looking Vulcan wearing some ugly ass jewelry. Ensign Vork undergoes the Vulcan mating ritual. The strong chemical imbalance also affects Belana Taurus, who exhibits irrational behavior. But isn't most of her behavior really irrational?
0: Dude, this one is is uh it's an all-timer man uh this is gonna be all-time good all-time bad so it's, uh, it's an experience so uh, this is
1: pond far right yeah
0: this is uh Pon far the episode and uh my wife has been looking forward to this one for a while she has uh she has prepared uh some additional some additional material that she's asked me to uh to bring to the podcast uh for for next week and I'm looking forward to this. Not going to be more audio drops from uh way of the gun. Is it? No, no. I'm going to keep it a surprise. Peter, keep it a
1: surprise. Okay. I can live with that.
0: Do you have a rule of acquisition that you're going to waste on this one? Or are we finally settled? that this, this was not worthy.
1: Oh, geez. You know, I don't think I'm even going to bother trying to, to cram one of those into this thing. Good. But, uh,
0: mean, look at this. We barely talked longer than the episode itself. That's a true sign of not quality.
1: Thanks for
0: uh, for joining us on on VG. I mean, if we got to
1: stretch the time out, I can go back into why I hate Admiral outfits so much. You know, his Admiral outfit was actually based on the uh, Star Trek Generations uniform idea that they scrapped, which I thought would have looked pretty good had they stuck with it. But uh, as this guy showed you, you put on a sack of potatoes, it's going to look like shit.
0: You know, when they finally just put the admirals in the the normal first contact uniforms, except with just a little gold trim, it's like, there you go.
1: You did it, kids. We made it. This episode was like, yo, dog, we heard you like crazy admirals. So we put a crazy admiral in Janeway's dream, but then made it a soul sucking demon. So you can have a really crazy admiral (laughs) along with your crazy admiral. (laughs) Yo, dog. Yo, Love dog! It. We heard you like admirals that are infested with parasites and trying to eat people. <laughs> like Next Gen Season One. A shout out to uh, our uh, theme song producers, Ian
0: and Sarah. You know, we it's been a while since we we've uh, we've thanked them because it's been a while since we've been doing regular podcasts. So, thank you to the two of them for once again creating the lovely sounds you hear intro and exiting and from the podcast. Uh, Thanks to all our recent listeners. Some of you have emailed us. Some of you have messaged us. We appreciate the... uh, I love those. The expressions of support. It means a lot. Yeah, it means a lot. It does. Uh, If you are feeling generous, feel free to share uh, the podcast on your social media of choice, particularly if it's Twitter, because I can't. (laughs) And uh, anywhere else that you uh, would like to let people know about us and uh, leave us a review on iTunes and other podcast aggregators. People read those. So... We love it when people do that. And we'll see you all next week with a very special episode covering blood fever. See ya.